Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and on today's show, we're breaking down PSG's 3-1 win over Stade Rene, and we might touch on last week's debacle against Newcastle. Uh, and here to help me do all that, I'm pleased to be joined by Ethan from PSG Fan Club Boise. Ethan, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. And also, we have Drew from Dallas joining us once again. Always good to see you. Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, enjoying this uh, Sunday afternoon after our uh, match today. Um, nice victory uh, after a difficult midweek match in the Champions League. So I'm um, feeling good. All right, gentlemen. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we're recording this just a few minutes after the final whistle here on Sunday. Uh, the match is fresh on our minds, so I want to hear from you. Uh, let's start with Ethan. What did you take from the match, both good or bad? What are your overall thoughts on the win? Yeah, I uh, I don't want to just say that, oh, the formation changed from the 4-2-4 to the 4-3-3. I mean, uh, football is not as simple as just changing a formation and, and then you're good to go. It's uh, I believe it's more the roles that people have within the formations. But uh, either way, I'm not a tactical genius, but having a little more strength in the midfield obviously helped. Uh, especially, you know, you guys were watching towards the end of the game. We were not lacking offensive firepower with three attackers on the pitch. So um, really four is is probably in most cases going to be overkill unless we're playing a team with a true low block. So, um, yeah, having those three midfielders and then, of course, Marquinhos was um, pretty good on the ball today. Donnarumma as well. He didn't he didn't make any mistakes like like some people are always looking out for and um, didn't think Skriniar had a very good game. Uh, out of our defenders, he was probably the worst. And then Ugarte was not amazing, but I thought he was he was all right. It wasn't a match that he needed to be phenomenal in for us to win. So, um, yeah, I liked the control in the midfield. And, um, yeah, that was uh, – we haven't had a, a win like that at Ren in a while. So, uh, yeah, I know there was, it was five years since the last time we won there. And if I remember that one right, I think it was just a one-goal win. But maybe I'm forgetting. But – I mean, yeah, it's been a long time since we played that well at Ren. So, uh, yeah, good little bounce back from from you know compared to what happened during the week. Yeah, it's nice that they didn't have uh, Kamavinga there, just absolutely bossing the midfield against us. Uh, Drew, what did you take from this game? Three one, several pretty good goals there, but also some missed opportunities. But overall, what were your thoughts on the match? Um, you know, kind of like uh, same point Ethan was bringing up. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough match going away from home, playing three games away from home back to back to back. Um, Rose on Park's a difficult place for PSG in the recent years. They always just have that that grit and that you know League One mentality to try to beat us. Um, they've got some really good players: Benjamin Bourgeois, Montanterrier, really good players. Mandanda just seems like he just steps his level of game up every time, whether he's playing at Rennes or Marseille. Um, so it was really good. It was good to see uh, the lineup that we were hoping to see. Um, there was a couple of reports, you know, yesterday and early this morning that there was we were going to go with that two men midfield again. But it, it was good to see uh, Enrique learn from his mistake. Um, some good goals. Vatina's goal was a screamer. Uh, some good link up play. No real big mistakes. So it seemed like the team kind of, you know, looked over the, the difficult match that we had in Newcastle um, on Wednesday and responded the way we were hoping for them to respond with a good away victory to give us some good, um, you know, morale and, and mentality going to the international break. Fantastic. And I guess my overall thought is I'm just glad to get the win. You know, coming off that loss to Newcastle, if you go to this difficult uh, away fixture at Red and you lose this one, then you have the international break. That's a long time to have just that bad taste in your mouth. So I thought not only PSG winning, but winning pretty convincingly, had most of the possession, 
three goals, three really well taken goals. There weren't any penalties. Uh, various different goals. We had a screamer, a header, and then another uh, cross, and um, it was called Moana who got on the end of it. So I liked the variety of the goals. I liked that we won. And as a whole, I thought everyone played really well. I think if I had to pick one player, it'd be unfortunately Emmanuel Ugarte, who I thought was probably the, the worst player on the pitch. And I use quotations there, worst, but I think it was a decent performance, but just not up to his uh, standards that we're normally uh, used to seeing. I want to get into that for, uh, formation, Ethan. You, you brought it up. Uh, going back to the more traditional 4-3-3, having that extra midfielder um, in there who was Vitinha coming in. Do you think that the 4-2-4 is dead? Do you think we'll see it again this season? Do you think Luis Enrique's learned his lesson, or do you think we might see it against maybe a lower-level League One side who kind of sits low and we just need to attack? What do you think about it? Yeah, I think uh, the way you worded it, you kind of did say what I was going to say. I think we will see it again. Uh, we basically saw it against Claremont uh, the week, you know, a week ago. Um, somehow didn't score in that game, but of course, our attacking, you know, we created loads and loads of chances. So uh, more often than not, that that could be a pretty good, uh, pretty good solution to for for these low blocks, you know, especially, yeah, just just packing people out on the wings and, um, you know, you don't need as much of a midfield presence, but uh, yeah, I think we'll probably see it again, but I feel like if we're not playing a team that's going to sit in a low block all game and, and we know they're not going to do that, then I, the four, two, four, it's probably just a little too imbalanced. It is imbalanced. And Drew, let me throw this little curveball at you. Same question, but we know that Marco Asensio is coming back in. who was in great form. So with him coming back, do you think Luis Enrique might move him maybe into like a false nine position? Or how do you think his uh, return is going to impact the potential of seeing this 4-2-4 again? You know, it's going to be interesting because before he got injured, he was in such great form. Um, it's kind of hard to see him not at least get another chance to, to see if he could bounce back. His injury wasn't anything substantial, um, even though it's been like a month or so since He's been out. Um, it's interesting to see who will he come in for? Will he come in for Zaire Emery um, or will he come in for like Vitinha or will he take out maybe say Dembele? Dembele seems like minus his non-goal contribution. He seems like his link up play, <clears throat> excuse me, with Hakimi on that same side is really, really critical um, in a lot of our buildups. So if you put him in, it seems like the only likable player that Enrico would maybe take out could be either Zaire Emery or Vertinia. Now with Asensio's style of play, he's not the most defensive player, but he still does get back and, and track back. Um, and he's a good, more of a, an attacking midfielder kind of player that we kind of really need a lot of the time. It seems like we don't really have that kind of attacking midfielder that we used to have with Neymar kind of dropping into the half space, Messi being gone even like Draxler years past or Sarabia. So we don't really have that attacking midfielder kind of presence. It seems like we have like three kind of holding midfielders where Ugarte is like that pit bull in the middle. And then, you know, Zaire Emery and Vitinha are kind of like those eights that kind of drop to the either side. Um, but we don't really have anybody that can really kind of play in that middle half space between like the defense and the midfield. So I think Asensio could make a big impact. It just kind of depends on how the team is playing. Um, like Ethan, Ethan said, if we play with a team with a low block, we're going to need some creativity. Playing out wide, you can only do so much with crossing the balls in or beating somebody on pace. But if you need creativity, Asensio kind of has that. 
Um, but it would just be interesting to see whether he's going to go with like that two men midfield and then throw four attackers on with four attackers. I think Asensio could be that fourth person. Um, and you just leave Ramos on the bench, which seems like it might be the case in, in, in the coming matches, you know, with RKM, you know, kind of meeting some form today. Um, but I really would like to see him come back. He, he had a really good form, um, before he got injured. Um, so I just can't wait to see, you know, maybe a month from now, later October that, uh, we get to see him, um, back on the pitch and making some contributions. Absolutely. Yeah. He should come back after the international break. I would love to see him, um, kind of come in and replace Dembele just to give him some rest. We know about Dembele's injury history. So if it means maybe we can give Dembele a little bit more of a rest, I think that would be great. Um, if we play with three attackers, I really would like to see Mbappe on the wing, Dembele on the other, and then Asensio more centrally. I'd love to just see what those three can do. I don't love the idea of the four attackers, like, unless you know we're playing a Claremont or somebody like that. But I'd like to see those three. Just haven't been impressed with Ramos. He got the start today. He did okay. You know, he's popping up all over. I like the way that he tracks back. He's out there hustling and, and really trying, but offensively, he's not giving me as much as I would uh, hope. He's, he plays a little bit slow. He's not getting the service. So I think maybe if he goes to the bench, we have Colomani as like a super sub. Maybe you put Asensio as the striker and, uh, and you see how that works out. So uh, wouldn't mind seeing that. Talking about um, attacking, Vitinha comes back into the lineup. Ethan, I want to get your thoughts on this because I thought he had an exceptional game. He had a really nice pass to Mbappe that almost led to a goal. Um, he had he opened up the scoring for PSG, had a, a really nice uh, shot from distance that beat Mandanda. Why, and we could kind of talk about Newcastle. Why do you think he was benched against Newcastle? That was a strange situation because every time he's come in this season, he's played really well. So talk about Vitini as a whole and then maybe why he, he didn't play against Newcastle. I thought it was very strange. Yeah, I, I could talk about Vitini for a long time. He was He was my favorite signing from two summers ago. Um, I just think, you know, when people were, I mean, when we were really struggling last year, people were thinking, no, like Fatina shouldn't be in this team. And I could just see glimpses of, you know, this guy can be very press resistant at times. He can play good on, on, uh, you know, drifting over to the wing a little bit. And you, we saw glimpses of that last season. And so I, I've, I've always been a big fan of his and I'm glad that he scored again today. That was the goal I was most excited for. Um, Gosh, why he didn't play against Newcastle? I don't know. I mean, Luis Enrique knows football better than me, obviously. I haven't, I haven't won uh, anything except on Football Manager, and this guy's won the treble. But um, man, I I would love to uh, hear because I know that in some of Luis Enrique's interviews um, this week, and, and especially after the Newcastle match, uh, he said stuff about how. He didn't get the hate towards the four-two-four, and that's because I think he thinks as football, kind of like how I described earlier, he doesn't think of it straight up by position. He thinks of it by kind of their role, where they're going to occupy on the the pitch and the, the you know their on and, and off ball movement. And uh, so I, I don't think that it was you know I touched on earlier. I don't think the four-two-four was you know the main issue. Is probably what people were doing in the four-two-four. So I. Uh, I'm really at a loss of why he sat Vitinha. Obviously, it it probably hurt us. Maybe if Vitinha had been in that game, maybe we get a draw. Maybe I mean, we probably don't lose four one, um, just with that formation. We would have had a different outlook and, and approach on the game. Uh, why he sat him though, I, I don't know. Uh, that's you know he makes the big bucks. So hopefully, uh, deep down, he knows that what he did was 
you know, had a reason. And, um, but yeah, hopefully we just see continual improvement because, you know, the attack, not that the attack was the issue at Newcastle, but uh, a lot of these guys are, are new. They haven't really worked together before. Um, like you said, Ramos struggled today. I really love Ramos as well, but yeah, he had a, he had a bad game today, I think. And, um, it's just, you know, but they'll, they'll get that synergy. They'll, they'll get in sync. You know, the team will become more cohesive over time. So, um, not too worried, but yeah, if, if I was an interviewer, I would love to ask, uh, Luis Enrique why he sabotaged it, but I really don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe he had some like bad food the night before and just had like an upset stomach. I mean, there's no rational <laughs> reason, even if you wanted to try something different. Okay, fine. Roll the dice at Newcastle. Maybe not the place you want to do that. But once you saw in the first 15 minutes, hey, this is a bad idea. Switch it up. And, he, and Luis Enrique didn't do it. Um, Drew, thoughts on Vitinha? Great performance today. Um, he played 88 minutes, it looks like. Um, I, I just thought overall he had a great performance. Once again, very consistent. What are your thoughts on Vitinha? Yeah, excellent performance by him today. You know, one of the biggest things that I've noticed with his ability is what he does around the edge of the box. Um, his ability to, to kind of like have those little link-up plays with like either the fullback or Mbappe um, on that side, because it seems like he's usually on that side where Mbappe plays. Their cohesion is 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 pretty good. Um Going back to what you were saying, Ethan, it, it, it's it's surprising why he did that. But I think with Enrique, um, now I'll jump back to my main point about him playing today is I think he stuck with a plan um, during the Newcastle game and kind of wanted to stick with it. Um, I don't think any particular reason why it would be sinister, but I think he just wanted to stick with that plan. But you saw today how much of an impact it made in that final third um, with having him on. And then not, not only that, just – his ability to kind of run with the ball forward towards the lines um, is something that Zaire Emery is still trying to struggle with. He's not that developed yet um, when it comes to, you know, going forward, you're uh, running with the ball at his feet towards the defense, towards the midfielders, where Vettina is very comfortable with that. Um, along with that, making that through ball and a counterattack, Zaire is not that comfortable with that. There was a couple uh, plays today where I saw Zaire kind of recover the ball and then Mbappe made a run, but he didn't make that pass to kind of make that ball in behind the defender where Fatina is already aware of those kind of plays because he's, you know, just further pro progressed in his level of play, playing in, you know, the top tiers in Portugal and then now a second year in League One with us. Um, but it was really strong to see his progression last year, like Ethan said, you saw it coming around. I was really, you know, hopeful for him. He kind of dipped in form, I think, like from the World Cup towards the end of the season. But the last few games last season, he, he kind of picked it up. That's when he started scoring goals. Um, but I saw a lot of potential in him as well. Um, I Honestly, I thought he could be maybe like the heir apparent to Verratti, maybe not so much of a ball winner like how Verratti was. Verratti was, you know, exceptional going to ground and winning balls. But Tina's not really that player. Um, but that's what we have Ugarte for. But when it comes to just link up play um, and his grittiness and just technical ability, um, it's it's really good to see. You know, I wish he was a little bit taller. He's not the biggest person in stature, but he definitely makes his, his impact. Um, and that goal today was really good. And I just think that's really critical when it comes to, you know, when Mbappe's being marked, um, you know, like how he was getting marked um, in the Newcastle game. You kind of need that one midfielder that can really do something on their own. Ogarte's not that kind of player. Zaire Army may be in, you know, in another year or two from now. Um, but we need that kind of right now from one of the three in the midfield. So it's, it's good to see him 
you know, pick it up, take the initiative to shoot outside the box or right outside the box and put one in. Because when that goal went in, you could see it just kind of, it, it put a lot of pressure off on us because run was coming, you know, um, pretty hard on us at that time. So it was really good to see. Um, I'm really glad that he's, you know, stepped his game up a lot this year. And, you know, we can only hope that Enrique just plays him here year in, year out um, and not putting them on the bench in a weird formation, um, you know, when we really need him most in these big games. And I don't know if you guys remember, like, just Vitinha shooting doesn't normally go together. He, he's usually skying them over the crossbar bar or something. So for this shot to go in the way it did, it was a, a difficult shot. He's clearly been working on it. He's working on his game. He's improving ever since he got here at PSG. So I love to see that. Uh, Drew, you mentioned his technical ability. With Neymar moving on, we really don't have a player like that with that really high-quality technical ability that Vitinha has, and we saw against Newcastle. We need players like that, players who can keep the ball and get out of difficult spots on the pitch and dribble away and, and kind of launch the attack. And I feel like Vitinha really is that linchpin between the midfield and, and the attack, and he's doing a great job. And so that's why it's just so head-scratching. Like, why, why didn't he play against Newcastle? It just doesn't make any sense he's just been in great form so he was uh definitely one of the standouts for psg uh ethan i want to go to you because i want to talk about hakimi um i want to read a quick quote that i saw so after the match against uh ren hakimi said quote i feel liberated the coach has found the perfect place for me i feel confident uh he had an assist to call Mwani. he had a really nice headed goal um talk about hakimi because it seems like when he had messi in front of him his form really dipped. And now that he's, he's kind of teamed up with Debele, he's playing really, really well. Of course, Luis Enrique, he's given the manager a lot of credit. Just talk about Hakimi for me, his resurgence here. He's been playing really well. Yeah, I, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not a tactical expert. I don't know exactly, but um, it, I, I do like how, you know, people are typically going to look at, at our team and think the attacks can be on the left. If they know, if they know Vitinha, they know he's our best. Um, midfielder as far as attacking goes like like drew touched on and at times he becomes almost a a wide uh attacking midfielder uh kind of a role and like you said the link up with with mbappe but so teams would look at that and then especially when nuno mendez is fit even though we haven't had him all year and we won't have him for months you would look at that team and think like the left side is is where you're you've got the edge and attack and i think you know uh the fact that we're able to you know make other teams have to put so many men on that side of the pitch to cover for those guys, it, it does leave a lot of room. I mean, Dembele has been great so far at, at cutting in on his runs, being almost like an inside winger or inside forward. And then Hakimi is uh, obviously he's a great attacking, uh, you know, wing back or fullback. We've known that for a while, but uh, yeah, just something about this, this year, it's, uh, They've they figured out how to use both sides of the pitch in attack a lot better, I think. So, I mean, last last year, I felt like you know Hakimi's form was was pretty poor, and uh, we just didn't offer a lot on on that side of the pitch typically because you know Messi was not a right winger for us anymore. When Neymar was healthy, he wasn't even really a right winger either. Which an issue with having them is that they're almost two tens, and no one plays with two tens, so that's a whole other issue. But um, yeah, there just wasn't a lot to give on on that side of the pitch. So uh, the fact that we've we've got that now, we can attack from from both wings. I think is super important. Again, we've seen that we're still lacking a little in in the middle. You know, Ramos has has struggled a bit, and I mean, Colmani had a great game today, but 
Um, they're not true. You know, neither of those guys are going to be dudes who get you uh, 20 goals in a league season yet kind of a thing, which they probably won't need to, but uh, just clearly like the wings are, are where we do real well. So um, I, I think it's good that at the same time, while he's, he's a bit of an attacking fullback and he'll make those, those runs into the box, uh, you know, obviously he's leaving a bunch of space behind him. Ugarte is critical in, in covering that space. And Warren Zaire Emery also is, uh, he's not the most attacking minded guy ever. I mean, his, his assist that he had today is about the farthest up the pitch he'll really, really get. For the most part, he's always looming outside the box, waiting to collect loose balls or, or you know, just to maintain possession. But um, the fact that we can really over uh, just make opponents cover the left and then we can switch it over real quick and get Dembele Hakimi as almost two wingers on the right, uh, I think that's really good. And I think it's also important in that that uh, Lucas Hernandez, who's been playing left back for us, he's he's very rarely you know, way, way back. So if, if they need to at a certain point in, in defense, if, if we get hit on the counter or something, then we can, you know, we're trying to push the, the, the other team out wide. Of course, we're trying to make them cross on us. We've got good uh, center backs that they're good in the air. And of course, uh, Lucas Hernandez can play as a center. He's, he plays the center back a lot. So we get Hakimi out and then it's almost like in attack we're playing with a back three for a bit. So, and I, I think that Hakimi also has been good enough. It hasn't really hurt us too bad that he's been able to track back quickly enough. Most times so we've, you know, we've got hit on the counter a good amount, but there's, you're just kind of have to give, you know, something's got to give there, but even with uh, switching to essentially a back three, when we are in attack, it hasn't affected us too bad. So, um, yeah, just good. I think, yeah, Luis Enrique, I mean, I don't know exactly what they're working on the training pitch, of course, but that little bit of tactics is what I see is, is an improvement from last year. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it's Hakimi's, he and Mbappe and those guys, they've got a nice little friend group. So I'm sure having a couple extra friends that we've, that he's, we've signed this year, it's also probably helped, but, um, yeah, I guess obviously I can't touch on what they're working on the training pitch but that's just kind of what what what, what i'm seeing watching on tv yeah I, I guess what i saw especially in that first half is hakimi was really kind of pinching more towards the middle and allowing Dembele to have all that space out on the wing there so he can just get the ball and really go one-on-one -on -one with a defender and, and create from there uh drew i want to get your thoughts on hakimi but just real quick he had a goal an assist 115 touches 71 uh, passes uh, at 87%, three long balls, three dribbles, four ground duels, one. I want to start with a question. Is he the best right back in the world? And then just talk about his overall performance and what you're seeing. Yeah, without a doubt, I think he's the best <laughs> right back in the world. Um, you know, maybe we have our Parisian bias, but that's just me. Um, yeah, today he, he was exceptional. Um, one of the things that I really liked was, I don't know if they tried to do it a few times, um, and a lot of these counterattacks work where we would play out of the back and Marquinhos would play that ball to Hakimi right at like the midway line. Then you would kind of have like a second or so of like hold up play. And then like Dembele would kind of cut inside and play a lateral. Hakimi would play that lateral ball to um, Dembele. And then they would try to play another ball in behind. Um, that happened a couple of times, even with RKM. And it just seems like his ability to play with someone who's just as pacey as him allows him to use his, his physical ability 
to his advantage. You know, like you were saying with Messi, Messi would, you know, play, you know, in the half space or just kind of wait for, you know, something to occur and then he would play a good ball. But with Dembele and Hakimi on the same side, it's just made him become what we thought he was really going to be two years ago when he came. Um, it's it's really encouraging because, you know, there's days like today where Killian is not going to be on fire, you know, setting the world on fire. Same thing, you know, midweek on Wednesday. But when you have a right back like that um, in Hakimi, it just shows that, you know, when you have a defender who can try to defend, but you can't because the, the player is so pacey and his ball control is exceptional. It's it's really good to see. Enrique is really doing a good job with allowing the two of them to kind of, you know, just kind of play off of each other. And you made a good point, Edward. In the first half, he kind of played more inside and Dembele was completely isolated out wide. And it, it allows us to have that additional player in the middle because he is a very creative player. Um, he's almost kind of like a wing back, a midfielder and a right back all combined into one. Um, so when that happens, that just creates like kind of like an overload in the midfield, um, you know, on the outside of the 18. So it, it allows us to just be more creative. And then if that doesn't work, you can always play it back out wide. He can play those overlapping runs with Dembele and him and Dembele vice versa. Um, so it was really good to see. I wish that would have happened midweek, but, you know, it's good to see that, you know, they're able to take advantage uh, when we can with, with their abilities. Um, I really think that overall later on this year, we'll just see more of that. Um, I don't know what will happen with Dembele's situation. Sometimes he makes some of the, you know, in confusing place, you know, there was a, a play where he played a ball across the box and there was like nobody there to, to be on the end of it. Um, but I think like, you know, the more he progresses within this team, you know, this is only what game 10, I think with Dembele. Um, I think it'll really show later on this year. I hope that he gets, you know, his goal. Um, but I think with Hakimi and him, it's, it's really something that we can use to our advantage when, when Killian's not having the best of games or he's being isolated um, or, you know, Gonzalo Ramos or Arkham is not having the best of games. It just has the ability to have that additional player to give us a really good attacking threat on that side. So it was good to see. Um, really happy with his performance so far this year. I've always been Team Hakimi, so it's uh, it's great to see him pick it up. Early in the season, he struggled. We know about last season. We know he had some off-the-pitch issues that he was dealing with, and you never know how much that messes with a player and I want to talk about that in a second because I think some of that might be affecting Kylian Mbappe but sticking with Hakimi I love that that partnership that he's got with Dembele right now I worry a little bit that PSG are too reliant on the wings we don't have a whole lot going forward through the middle really all we have is uh Zaire Emery who Ethan you mentioned doesn't really get forward too much but he did have the assist against Newcastle and then almost a identical assist today where he just kind of chips the ball over the uh, defensive line and and hits a, a PSG player sprinting towards the middle of, of the box for a goal. So that's really all we've got going uh, in the middle right now. So maybe we're too reliant, but maybe with Asensio, as we talked about earlier, coming in, if he could play maybe more centrally, he could create a little something for PSG down the middle, or maybe Ramos could pick it up. That would be nice. Let's get to uh, Mr. Mbappe because probably should have had a brace tonight. I was looking at an XG of like 1.4. So certainly there were goals to be had. I think he had eight total shots. His his miss late in the game, everyone was screenshotting it because they were like, Mbappe missed this. And it was like a wide open net. I think the ball maybe took a bounce, but Mbappe doesn't miss that typically. 
do you think, Ethan, do you think his mind is elsewhere? Do you think it's an injury? Do you think he's not fully fit? What's going on? We know in January uh, he could sign a contract with a pre-contract with Real Madrid. Do you think that's looming on his mind and that's kind of to explain for his poor performance at Newcastle and then again today where he's just not scoring easy chances? What's going on with Mbappe? Yeah, um, I think we, we see every year there's just little bits. He'll have a month where he's just kind of not on it. And then seemingly out of nowhere, the very next month, you know, he's back to his old self. So we might just be in one of those little patches for him. I also think that we just kind of look at him differently uh, compared to other players, of course, because he's probably the best player in the world. Um, and we look at, oh, man, he didn't score a goal. That it, where it's just like you look at most other attacking players, even most other um, – like great attacking players on other teams. And I feel like they're just Holland not... did score today against uh, Arsenal. Yeah, Holland has that been... That was a good um, game. Yeah, yeah, the Martinelli goalie. Yeah, that's crazy. But um, the... Yeah, like Holland has been pretty invisible the last, you know, last month. He's He's got as many uh, Premier League goals as the game's played, but I think he had a hat trick against like Fulham and then two uh, brace against some other side. So... um. Uh, but in big games, yeah, not, not hasn't done much. So, like, even with guys like like Erling Holland, who are some of the other uh, best attacking players in the world, it's just I feel like we hold them to a little different of a of a standard. But as far as a pre contract with Madrid or or or, if, or anyone else, I don't think that's it. Um, I think he, I mean, he's been in talks with you know Madrid in the past in in, in past seasons and didn't affect his performance there at all. So I'd have no reason to believe it's he's doing it now. But I think a big thing, and I've got nothing to base this off of, just looking at the amount of minutes he's played so far uh, since he came back and was you know fully thrown back into the lineup to start games, he basically hasn't uh, had a single minute off the pitch. So the man, I, I wonder, yeah, if one of you guys are interested in looking it up, I just, I bet he's played probably nine matches in the last month, something like that. And that's, that's just a lot, you know, eventually you get fatigued, which I know we're going to touch on the international break here in a bit, but I, I, I kind of wish um, that I hope that a lot of our guys can get some rest if they need be. Um, I know that, you know, Euro's qualification is going on, but to be honest, France have got theirs in the bag. So as soon as they secure it officially, then I would love if, if Didier Deschamps would, would sit in Mbappe and, for that for that next game, especially because I know that for some of the teams with their their qualifying for the Euros, they get one game in the break where it's it is the qualification game, and then they because there's five teams in this group, so one team is always going to be sitting out on one of the you know times, and whenever that's France, you know they're playing a friendly like the game against Germany last you know uh, a month or so ago, that was a friendly that it meant nothing. And I'm pretty sure Mbappe played most of that game. So it's like, you could have been sitting in there. You didn't need him for anything. It's, well, it's I just like, looked it up. I think he was on the bench for that one. Against oh, was Germany. he? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. that's good. Um, I Just those kind of matches. Yeah, it'd be good if he was. He stayed on the bench. So, yeah, um, yeah cause he's going to need all the rest he gets. Obviously, we're pretty dependent on him. Um, good. Uh, luckily, not as dependent as we have been the past couple of years. Uh, but, you know, obviously, he's our, he's our greatest attacking threat by far. So. Yeah, I, I just think it's probably maybe the fatigue is getting to him. Uh, so I'd like to see him uh, get a little bit of rest over this, this international break. 
Yeah, it looks like France, they, they're playing Netherlands, which is going to be tough on October 13th. And then they've got Scotland on the 17th, Gibraltar on the 8th. Or no, that's in November. Never mind. So just the two against Scotland and, and Netherlands. So two matches there that could be difficult. Uh, and then for Killian, you know, going back to the match against Marseille, he only played 32 minutes, had to come out with that ankle injury. Then we saw today had his uh, his ankle was like raked by one of the Ren players, just kind of raked his cleats to get down his ankle. That looked very painful. So I don't know, Drew, do you think he's just maybe carrying a knock? Or do you think it's the, the minutes adding up? Or do you think that in his mind he's like, I'm going to have to make this big announcement, and maybe he is leaving, and that's weighing on his mind a little bit, and that's kind of contributing to his performance. Well, let's hope he doesn't make a big announcement. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. Um, some fatigue, not really having the best preseason. Um, you know, when he got introduced back into the first team, he just kind of was thrown in there, um, which a player like Killian, you don't really need much. But at the same time, preseason preparation is key um, on all levels. And then, you know, going back to the Marseille game, he did take a knock, which was bad enough for him to leave for the rest of the game, miss the game against Clermont Foot. And then uh, today, you know, that, that, that tackle was, was pretty nasty, you know. Um, could have been even almost reviewable for red, but I don't think it was. But, yeah, I think it's just, you know, with fatigue, um, some injuries, and, you know, just a little slight dip in form. Um, and he didn't look that off today, you know. Yeah, he had that miss, you know, later on in the match day when he rounded Mandanda. Um, but I think it's just a, just a slight dip in form um, and a little bit of fatigue. We hope that he doesn't get, you know, worn out during the international break and Deschamps can kind of, you know, use some other players like Coman and him and, and Dembele and Griezmann or Olivier Giroud. So he's not playing, you know, the full 90s in these games that are not so as important to people like me and you. Um, but, you know, if, if he is in, in a little bit of fatigue and, and a little worn out, you know, we can only hope that when he's up to 100% that he's banging in goals like he normally does. And, and it is a lot of pressure because, you know, we expect Mbappe to do impossible things. That's, that's all sports. You know, you, you expect players to just do the unthinkable because that's who, what we do as fans. That's why we watch the sport. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of glad that right now in, in these, in this match today, we had a lot of goals and we weren't solely dependent upon him. Um, because, you know, we can be, you know, we can be, especially with, you know, the players that have left over the recent months, we can be deficient on Killian if he was the only one banging in goals. But, you know, I think he just needs a little bit of time and rest. Um, and, you know, just to kind of clear his mindset, you know, a lot of players can go through different things psychologically at any given point. So I think this may be um, a change of atmosphere. You know, usually when he's away with the, the French team, he usually has a little bit of more of a, a relaxed atmosphere. Um, the French team, you know, He's around a lot of his other compatriots. Um, so I think maybe just him, you know, leaving um, the club for a little bit for a week or so and just, you know, having some freedom um, will maybe help him regain um, some strength and, and mentality. Um, so I think it will be really good. We'll hope that, you know, by the next game in the Champions League, um, he'll be back up to, you know, top form and we can really see what he can do uh, this coming year because he hasn't had – the worst start, you know, I think he's already scored eight goals this year. Um, few of those were penalties. Um, but at the same time, we know his ability um, as a player and what he can do when he's playing to his, uh, his peak level. And I would think, you know, Mbappe, he has very high standards for himself. So he's probably just as disappointed as maybe we are in his performance. 
He probably should have had an assist. He had a great pass to Barkala late in the match who just kind of missed that chance and went his shot went wide. But probably should have at least had an assist, probably should have had a goal. He's going to get there. But I think at the end of the day, even with Mbappe playing like this, PSG still won 3-1. Yeah, And so I think maybe that's what Mbappe has always wanted. He doesn't want to have to carry this team and they live and die with his performance. He wanted some help. He wanted some help uh, from te- uh, from players that he plays with on the French national team. So they brought in Dembele and Kolomani. Um His good friend Hakimi is chipping in. So I think that Mbappe is maybe looking around and saying, hey, I know I can be better, but look at my team's playing really well around me. And if I could just get it together and get a goal or an assist, we're, we, we might have something here. Like, think about it. We're, we're winning away at Rennes, which we never win there. And uh, Mbappe didn't have a great performance. And we, we won pretty convincingly. So I think Mbappe's got to look around. And if he's trying to make that decision about whether to go to Real Madrid, he, he might think, we might have something here. All the players are young. Zaire Emery, 17. I think Vitinha's maybe 23. Um, so I think he's probably looking around and, and liking what he's seeing, that PSG could win even if he's uh, not up to his lofty standards. Um, we kind of talked about the international break. And Ethan, I want to ask you, in your opinion, do you think that the international break is coming at a good time for PSG or a bad time? Uh, I'll go bad. Uh, you could okay. definitely make a case for either. But um, I will guess bad, um, I think, despite the, the Champions League loss on uh, during the week. I, I think that, you know, if we're smart, which I think, you know, we're we're a better run club than we used to be, of course. Uh, I think that we're we've got a good amount of you know to learn from that loss, and we it's not like we made any sweeping adjustments or anything, nothing crazy. I mean, we we swapped out a midfielder for an attacker essentially, and it just kind of went back to what we've been doing uh, before the Claremont match. But um, you know, I, I think it's good to have you, know, you got that win. That's a I don't know how psyched the players are about it. I don't I don't know if they went to where our ultras were after the game and we're chanting and singing with them uh, at, uh, out at Ren, But uh, I feel like just when you get a good win like that, uh, right before a break, I just kind of don't like it. I'd prefer, you know, because after, after the international break, we've got Strasbourg on a Saturday at home and then Milan, I think, also at home. But, like, we're right back to the Champions League after that. So um, I kind of prefer to do all this quick fire, you know, and, uh, just because we might be thinking, yeah, maybe some guys will get. The thing is, with the international breaks, some guys will get a lot of rest. Because you'll have guys like Fabian Ruiz, who, even though he hasn't played a bunch this season, you know, last season when he was playing a lot, uh, he wasn't playing 90 minutes or anywhere near that for Spain. So, you know, it's kind of a dip in. He gets a. a comparatively, gets a rest. Whereas some guys like Mbappe, it's the opposite. They're playing, you know, two weekday games probably on Thursday and Tuesday is the most common. So, um, but the thing is everyone else deals with that too. So I know AC Milan, they've got a bunch of guys that, uh, you know, play for their national team. And I mean, we've got, uh, Captain America, Christian Pulisic in there. He scored a winner for them just the other day. Olivier Giroud, the best goalkeeper in Europe right now. Yeah, yeah I saw that. seriously. That was really <laughs> funny. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, a, a lot of their guys will be playing for their, their country as well. Mm-hmm. So, I would just kind of, I'd prefer to just keep this going. The thing is, though, if we said, if we had lost or drawn, then we'd be saying, yeah, let's let's give everyone a break. Or, uh, But I feel like you honestly could make a case for, no, we need to figure this out, keep everyone in house, almost do, hold like a team meeting and say, look, you guys aren't leaving this building kind of a thing until you figure this out. So 
I know that at the at the new campus out in Poissy, I know there are there are plenty of rooms. I bet all the players could live there. So what if uh, if we had lost that? Maybe Enrique would have said, "All right, guys, boot camp. Everyone stay here. You know, pack your pack your stuff. You're gonna be here for a few days." So, but you know, you could argue it either way. But I just think personally, I would just want to keep this going. You know, that was such a great yeah. game that we just played. And like you said, even with Mbappe not playing great, just team performance, it was it was real good. So. Yeah, I say keep it going, but you know, it is what it is. They should sell tickets to fans. I want to have a sleepover at the trading center at the it facility. Looks nice. It'd be a lot of fun. It doesn't it? Go out there and play a little bit. Uh, Drew, what do you think? Is this international break? Is it coming at a good time for you, or do you think it's at a bad time? You think PSG are kind of hitting in a stride, and you wish you could keep it going right now? Yeah, I wish we could pick up this momentum. Um, I we really needed this bounce back win. Um, just you know, for so many reasons, psychologically, um, even down to Enrique and his staff. You know, um, what 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 they want to do with the team. Um, but at the same time, you know, one of the biggest things that we are all aware of is like our club has a lot of international players. So the biggest thing that I'm always worried about is 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 anybody going to pick up a knock. You know, we were talking about Asensio earlier. He's, you know, not in the squad because he picked up knock playing with the Spanish national team. So I'm always just nervous when we have these breaks because of reasons like that. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, with, you know, the teams that we got to play this month, Strasbourg, Milan, um, they're, they're no slouches. Milan's definitely no slouch. Strasbourg, you know, luckily it's, it's going to be a, a home game that we'll need. Um, but, you know, we hope that the players aren't going to be too fatigued. Um, there's always so many international breaks throughout the year, so many international games that it can it can backfire on a team like ours. Um, you know, and it's you know not only just the, you know the French teams uh, players, but you know players like Ugarte and Marquinhos that might have to go to South America or wherever and play. You know, they're traveling a long ways to play for their uh, their um, selection and then coming back to uh, France. So that's a lot on the players um, physically. So my biggest thing is always just trying to get in and out of this international window with no injuries. Um, the fatigue factor is always going to be there because these players play matches week in, week out, you know, um, until the summertime. But I, I think that we, we would have benefited if we would have just played another game next week um, in the league, but that's just not the case. So we can only hope that by the time they get back, those few days before the the next match um, that we can get back into form and everybody comes back healthy in one piece and we can um, get some uh, good results um, in October. Cause it's a really crucial month. You know, you know, we're only two points behind, you know, sitting in third place and, you know, Nice won this weekend, Monaco won this weekend. So, you know, if we can, you know, string our good run of uh, form together, we can get, you know, where we need to be on goal difference. I don't know if we'll get into first place by the end of the month. That that kind of depends on, you know, Monaco and, and Nice. But I think if we can, you know, put some goals in the back of the net, get that three points against Milan, which is really, really critical. Um, we'll, we'll have some good momentum. And we'll see what Enrique's really wants to do, you know, after a good two or three months being here at the club. Right now, it's still kind of like, you know, early, early season. Um, we haven't really had any bad results minus Newcastle. Um, but I think, you know, just consistency is what we really need right now with a, with a lot of new players, a new new mentality, a new direction of the club. I think right now this international break isn't the best, but there's nothing we can really do about it. We just hope that no one comes back with a knock. 
And that's a great point. And that's where I'm at. You know, just looking at the the fixtures here. Um, I think I think the international break is coming at a really bad time. Great win today against Ren. I want to keep that momentum. Unfortunately, you can't. I guess on the uh, bright side, PSG. They Luis Enrique must know the four three three having that three midfielders. That that's going to be the uh, the key moving forward. But that match home against AC Milan, October twenty fifth, is the most important game of this first half of the season. You have to win that game. And I am just so worried that a Kylian Mbappe or a Dembele or Ugarte or someone's going to go down with an injury during this international break. And it's going to affect us for that match right there. Um, looking over at Newcastle, who are leading the Champions League group right now, um, they're, they're home against Dortmund. Go ahead and give them three points. I don't think anyone, not Manchester City, not Bayern Munich, no one's going into that stadium and, and getting a win right now. Um, and so that's why you want to stay within touching distance of Newcastle. So when they come to the park, hopefully you win that game and you can top the group and secure, uh, you know, your round of 16 uh, place. So I think that match against Ace Milan is huge. PSG need to just avoid all injuries. And I wish we could keep the momentum. So I think the international break is coming at a really unfortunate time. Drew, you mentioned the table. Let's just run through that real quick. PSG sit in third. They're two points behind Monaco. Uh, surprisingly, Brest right behind uh, PSG in fourth uh, level on points. Leon, we won't really talk about them too much. But if the season ended, they would be relegated right now. Uh, one of the historically great French teams are in real trouble down there in 17th place. So keep an eye on them. That'll be an interesting uh, development here in the French league. Um, guys, thanks so much for talking about the match here against Ren. Um, to get you out of here, I want to talk about the Newcastle match because I haven't had you guys on to talk about it. So um, we'll start with Ethan. W- give us your kind of overall thoughts. We talked about the formation, the 4 2 4 that we deployed against Newcastle, which did not work at all, but just kind of share your overall thoughts about that match. Yeah. Briefly sharing my mm-hmm. thoughts. Uh, I think when we had done the po- uh, a podcast an episode as the Newcastle preview a couple of days before that, um, man, my memory's terrible, but I'm pretty sure I said, Hey, let's like sit back a little bit and like they, they may have chances, but I, I say we try and keep it pretty low tempo to start the game. Uh, maybe it was you who said that, but obviously we, we were in agreement. We we're like, boring is good. Let's just sit back, yeah. keep possession. Yeah, yeah, especially for the beginning of the game, like kind of take the crowd out of it for a while and like let them. You know, we can sit in a low block and they can throw crosses in. But honestly, like I, I, Alexander Isak's pretty tall, I think, but we would have had the center backs to probably defend that and then just uh, try and hit it on the counter. And I think we should have done that for the first half hour because that that would have been. You know, just trying to match their energy at the beginning, especially only having two midfielders. It's like, how could, you know, it's like imagine if there's a fist fight and you have two guys going up against three. How the, how the hell do you think the two guys are going to win? You know, they, they'd have to be uh, absolutely playing out of their minds, which you just can't expect them to be doing uh, on the road in a Champions League match. So I don't like how, obviously, of course, none of us liked just how the, our approach to the game and, um, yeah, I, I wish we would have played a little more just counterattacking, like like how we have. I know Luis Enrique, maybe that formation, he was trying to say, hey, let's let's play on the wings a lot. Let's try and keep possession, you know, and and kind of continue this this high pressing system that he's implementing. But I think we we probably should have we tried should have recognized that, you know, hey, in the past historically, 
we've played this kind of low block and we played to counterattack other teams. And um, until the this high pressing system is extremely fine tuned, until we've got this freaking dialed in, then I think it's just he went with the aggressive route and it obviously didn't pay off. And, you know, the cautious route probably would have served us better. But, um, you know, you live and you learn. But that's kind of my overall thoughts. Nothing, no, you know, distinct. Oh, so and so's technical ability was super poor for me. It's just kind of everyone had a bad match. It, it wasn't good, and um, yeah, I guess if I had to briefly go over it, that's that'd kind of be my 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 thoughts. Yeah, that's a, a good uh, summary of that. And Drew, I mean, do you want to talk about Marquinhos' his early mistake? Uh, Screenyard looking like a cement truck every time he tried to turn, super slow. Um, what else was going on in that match? Just the defense in general, leaving gaping holes for Newcastle players to run in. The crowd there celebrating tackles as if it was a game-winning goal or something. I mean, it, that game was nuts, but what stood out to you? Yeah, I think it was it was something that we all knew. Um, I watch a lot of Premier League. Um, I think most of us do. But I think it was just that one thing right there was one of the biggest things that we underestimated. It's just little things like, you know, winning 50-50 tackles and the ball going out for a throw-in, but they're celebrating it like it's a free kick, you know. Uh, so I'll start with that. That that mistake kind of was on him, but at the same time with the formation, it was kind of a reason why it happened. You know, when you don't have three options trying to play out and then you try to throw play a little flick over a, an attacker's head, you know, and it gets deflected, that's because you, you're limited with your options based on the formation. Um, you know, when Vitinha came in, I think it was maybe in like the 57, 58th minute, somewhere around there. You could see that when he was in, he came deep and picked up the ball and progressed the ball forward. Where Garty's not that player. He's the ball winner. He's, you know, the like I said earlier, the pit bull, the midfield. But that mistake was down to not being able to play out of the back. And with Enrique's style of play, same with like Pep Guardiola, the Spanish managers, they want to play out of the back. So if you want to play out of the back, you need to have options. Playing with the two men midfield away in the Champions League against an English team that likes to press a lot, it was it was a recipe for disaster. Um, I was shocked when I saw the the lineup. You know, I don't know if you guys you know watched the uh, pre match you know um, interviews. Well, not really the pre match interviews, the pre match stream on the PSG YouTube channel when they released the lineup, and I saw the two men midfield. And it, it, to me, it came down to this. It was a ballsy move to try to play with four attackers and to try to press. But at the same time, what you have to realize is that when you can't play out of the back, you're going to be under pressure the entire game. And with a crowd and a stadium like that that hasn't had a Champions League game in 20-plus years, it's their first home game, you know, they're, they're just up for it, you know. Um, it was it was really hard to watch, but at the same time, it was easy to see why we didn't have a good game. So to me, it was more like a blessing in disguise because it showed Enrique early on in the season what not to do. You know, um, I don't I can't remember where I read this, but it was I read this somewhere online where someone was saying the, that same thing that it's good to see that he got caught in a formation that he probably shouldn't play early on in the season. Then this be match day six in the group stage or the the second round in the in the round of sixteen to tinker with the formation when you shit it, um, but I liked the fight that we had. It didn't really seem like we gave up. You know, sometimes the years passed that we would go down two to three goals in a Champions League game, even at home, and you know 
we would see not a lot of fight in the team. I saw still some fight in the team. Um, you know, Zaire Emery's goal to Hernandez was pretty good, but at the same time, I think that game was was just a loss in tactics before it started. Um, I think we really can benefit from that match. Um, we saw it today with just a, just a change in formation. Um, so it was just just a bad game overall tactics. Marquinhos is he didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have the greatest game. But then you look at today and he kind of bounced back and had a lot of good 50-50 duels. He had a lot of good um, build-up play, um, screen yard. Man, I was really hoping for more. You know, I'm not going to make a judgment call on him yet because it's really early on in the season. But what I will say is that in League One compared to the Italian League, which is a lot slower, the French league is going to be really hard for him to play against these, these attacking players because they're just so pacey. Um, you know, there was a, a, a duel today where I was like, man, he's going to get done. And luckily he, he made a good challenge, but I think with screener, it's going to be the Achilles heel, um, in, in certain situations because of his, his pace. He doesn't seem like he's that good in aerial balls where like, Danny Lowe is really good in clearing balls airily. Kempembe's the same way, and Marquinhos. I haven't really seen that from Skriniar, so that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to of seeing whether he can do that as a center back or not, because that's really critical um, as a center back is, is clearing balls out from crosses, which I haven't seen yet. Um, his pace is just not there, um, but maybe you know with Ugarte, you know, cleaning up, which we saw that today on one of the uh, Brent attacks, uh, is that Ugarte can maybe cover over, and same with Hernandez, but. Ren clearly had a, you know, had a plan on going on that side of the um, defense today as, as far as trying to go at Skriniar. But, you know, the Newcastle game was just just one of those games where we, we just didn't have it. We didn't have the intensity. We didn't have, <clears throat> excuse me, tactically. Um, but like I said, it could be a blessing in disguise. And when we go up against them, you know, back in Paris, um, I think we can learn from our mistakes. Um, is Milan going to play the same way? I don't think so. I watched that game against Milan and Newcastle and match day one and, you know, Newcastle got dominated in possession. How Newcastle walked away with the nil-nil draw was surprising, but uh, Milan was, wasn't clinical at all in the final third. So I think that we learned from that game. Um, you know, it just didn't look good for us on the world stage. But um, like I said, to me, it was just a blessing in disguise that we learned from our mistakes and hopefully Enrique can and can progress from from that tough match away from home. Yeah, and you mentioned away from home. PSG still have to go to Milan, still have to go on match day six, have to go to Dortmund. We know their fans don't like PSG, and we know on social media both clubs can go back and forth, and so they're going to be up for that. And I think who advances out of this group is going to come down to that last match day six. So I think you're right, Drew. Let's uh, Hopefully Luis Enrique, or maybe it's Ethan, I'm not sure which one of you said it, but hopefully he got this out of his system. He saw it didn't work, and, and hopefully moving forward, PSG will understand it's okay to get a scoreless draw or a 1-1. It's okay to be boring away. We just need a point. Just get a result and then win your games at home and you'll likely advance. So big match against AC Milan coming up. We all have that one circled on October 25th. But before that, PSG will host Strasbourg in a nice little warm-up. Strasbourg are no slouches. They will give us a tough test. So that'll be a nice match um, as we return from the international break. Um, I'll give you guys a, a final thought on anything from Ren to Newcastle to Mbappe. Um, there's other news going on that's PSG related, but Ethan, anything on your end? Last word. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, what I was thinking about is 
Um, first off, congrats to Kangin Lee on, uh, he does not have to do three years military service. He's only got three weeks now. So he got gold at the Asian games in football for anyone who didn't know that's where he's been the past two weeks. Um, I'm curious to see how, I mean, he's been playing a lot of matches recently, like they're playing every three days in that tournament, but, um, I can't imagine that South Korea has matches this, this, uh, this break that he's going to be playing. That would just be really weird, I feel like, to throw him right back in. But uh, assuming he's not, then uh, I think it'd be cool if, especially let's say, if Ugarte or if any three of our midfielders from today play all 90 minutes in both of their their international games. Then, By the way, it does look like South Korea, they play Tunisia on October 13th and then Vietnam on October 17th. Oh, I wonder if he got called up. Hopefully he not didn't. Sure. Um, but if, if he gets rest during this break and one of our other three midfielders don't get any rest, then I think it'd be cool to throw him in the game against Strasbourg. So uh, especially if Asensio is fit, I think if Enrique has sort of a, you know, a, a side that's that's with a good amount of the reserves or, or guys who are typically bench players uh, or guys who have been bench players the last couple of matches, to throw them in against Strasbourg so that maybe some of these guys like Dembele or, or Skriniar or Marquinhos aren't playing, you know, in you know five six matches in two weeks kind of a thing then i think that'd be great so yeah i'm curious to see how some of those guys will be when they get back to the team like asensio and lee yeah that's a good shout drew anything on your end yeah, same words thing. On really anything looking forward related? to see uh, kang and lee uh, come back in the squad and um same thing with um s- seeing that um nuno mendez's injury um, his surgery went well uh, i know it's gonna be a long way out but you know i think that's just gonna be something that will um be in the back of our minds eventually. Um, you know, we'll see if um, the players can get through the international break healthy. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I, know, I think we're all looking forward to watching some of those games. Um, the France versus Netherlands game should be a really good, interesting game. Um, but yeah, my biggest thing is just um, before we sign out, just hopefully that by the time we get back in League One against Strasbourg, uh, the players who are called up will come back to the club healthy and uh, ready for this uh, big month of October that we got. Massive month of October. Um, we'll probably take a little break from the podcast during the international break and keep an eye on those matches, but we'll certainly be back uh, to recap the match against Strasbourg. Hopefully we'll have lots of good things to say. Um, fantastic. You, you kind of... Uh, Kang and Lee was the one that I was going to mention and Nuno Mendes. I saw that there was an interview and in there was a, a video they showed him with all the PSG supporters wishing him well and just all these really kind words. And, and Nuno Mendes just said that he just, he loves the PSG supporters. So I love seeing stuff like that. Um, especially from Nuno youngster and it's unfortunate with his injury. Hopefully they said he'll probably come back maybe February. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on his return, but once we get him and then Javi Simmons coming back in the summer, I'm already looking forward to next season, but we still have a lot to do this season. Still a lot of trophies out there that we can win. So um, let's just keep the faith, stay positive. Things are coming together. Great win today against Ren. Um, this has been PSG Talking. Thank you so much. Um, you can follow me at PSG Talk and um, head over to my feed and I'll tag these guys if you want to follow them as well. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review if you can. Always enjoy reading those. Um, other than that, thank you so much for listening. and We'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone.